Monster House Records Club. And here's your host, Eddie Monster. All right, I want to welcome everybody to another exciting edition of Monster House Records Club. I am your host, your ghost host with the most, Eddie Monster here, and it is episode seven. I'm so excited. We've done six albums. Now we're on to album number seven, and we've got a good one for you guys this week. I think anyways. Uh, So hopefully you guys enjoyed last week's episode where we covered ACDC's latest album, Power Up. But this week we've got a we've got one that came out a couple years ago that I've always wanted to cover. I didn't get a chance to do it for Mosh Pits and Movies, uh, which was my my original site that I did all my album reviews, moshpitsandmovies.wordpress.com. You can should go visit it. But anyways, we're doing it now because Monster House Records Club is here. So before we get into that, but as usual, you guys already know. That is time for the social media business side of things. That's right. If you want to follow the show, you can do so by going to facebook.com forward slash Eddie's Pedal to the Metal Radio Show. And that's Eddie E-D-D-I-E. So pedal to the metal. So Facebook.com forward slash Eddie's Pedal to the Metal Radio Show. Every once in a while I catch myself doing that. Uh, anyways, you can also follow me on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash Eddie Monster82. Uh, go to Instagram at Instagram.com forward slash Pedal to the Metal Radio Show. And last, but obviously certainly not least, my favorite link out of them all. That's right, Pedal to the Metal Radio Show.blogspot.com. Again, Pedal to the Metal Radio Show.blogspot.com. That is the place to go. Whether you follow us on Google Podcasts, Apple, Anchor, Breaker, Spotify, wherever it may be that you get your links to listen to the show. If we have it and it's there, it's going to be on pedaltothemetalradioshow.blogspot.com. So for those of you that are just joining us now on Monster House Records Club, I'm going to fill you in on how this works because every week we do it, I explain it, hopefully you guys get it. So we go through the album, we go track by track, and every track we grade on a five-star system, which means anywhere from zero stars, meaning the song absolutely is just trash, all the way to five, which means it's an excellent must-listen-to song. All in hopes that eventually we'll get somebody in the five-star club. Never know, could be today. But, again, we grade every song based on a five-star system, and at the very end of the show, we total it all up, right, every song, and we get an average, which is also based on a zero-to-five-star system. So, as we said, we've got a special album for you guys. The artist that I chose is one that I'll never forget seeing for the first time. Now, a lot of times there are bands that, I never had heard of and never thought to check out because I was back in the day. I was like, oh, I only listen to these bands because I've seen them or I've heard them myself and I think they're awesome. But there are a couple of occasions where I took bands that I had known nothing about, but for some reason their live sets had me mesmerized. The first one was Mudvayne. I'll never forget seeing them open up for Rob Zombie and, and uh, Ozzy Osbourne on the Merry Mayhem tour. And then the next one 
is also thanks to Ozzy because it was uh, Ozfest 2004. It was the return of Judas Priest, but it also featured a certain Norwegian symphonic black metal band by the name of Demi Bogir. And I knew nothing of these guys whatsoever before that faithful day in Mansfield, Massachusetts, when I saw Demi Bogir. And they were absolutely fantastic. Their stage show was just amazing. The band was amazing, and I was hooked. I was like, I need to check out who Dimmerborg Gear is. And, you know, 16 years later, I am still a huge fan of these guys. Still love them. Love everything they put out. It's absolutely amazing. And in turn, for this week, we decided that we would check out the band's 10th studio album, which was released on May 4th, 2018. I am talking about their comeback record, Onion. This was a fantastic record i enjoyed listening to a lot but the album originally was to be worked on in 2012 right so naturally in 2012 this would have been the follow-up to abahadabra which was the last record before this but delay after delay forced the band to put it on the back burner right too many things going on uh i remember shagrath was doing chrome division and three of the band members became fathers and they focused, you know, a lot of their time on that. And you can't blame them, especially when you become new parents and you know eventually you're going to be going out on, on tour and you're going to be missing a lot of their lives. So you might as well get in all the good years while you still can. And I can't blame them. Uh, so the band, after eight years from the release of Abra- Abrahadabra, announced that they had a new album. And that they had to re-sign to Nuclear Blast. That's right. They had to rework the deal because apparently it was so long. Uh, But nonetheless, they did. And the album was eventually released to mixed reviews as it peaked at number 143 on the Billboard Top 200 charts. While earning a number one album in Switzerland, number two in Norway, and number four in Finland and Germany. But it also peaked at number 73 in the UK and 70 in Canada. So the band produced this themselves. And it's a very, very different record from a lot of their previous records. Now, now previously they released a live album called Forces of the Northern Light. And what that was, that was Demi Borgir with an actual orchestra playing behind them. So the band did that for this one in Silenos. Uh, I can never say his name right. Silenos said that the symphonic parts were more symphonic and that the Demu style of black metal was more black metal when it came to this very record. Now, we all know a lot of bands claim things going into a record, but it remained to be seen and heard when you listen to this record. Now, the album featured, once again, Shagrath on vocals, Galder on lead guitar, Selenos on rhythm guitar, Gerlos on bass, and DeRay on drums with the Schola Cantorum providing the choir vocals as Gunvald Otzen led them the whole way through the record. And now this might not be the highest charted record in Dimmer Borgia's career, but it beat out Death Cold Armageddon, which debuted at 169, I believe, on the uh, Billboard Top 200 charts. But whatever, you know what I mean? They've had some pretty pretty big hits there with um, Sota Diabli, and Abrahadabra, which were both in the 40s. So congrats to that. But anyways, 
before we get into the review of this record and go track by track, we're going to hear a word from our sponsors. All right, welcome back, everybody. And now it is time to dig into, into the record Onion, which we are checking out today from Timmy Borgir. Now, to be truthfully honest, I hadn't heard the whole record. There are a lot of songs in this album I hadn't heard. I might have heard maybe three or four. So nonetheless, when I was going through and deciding what I wanted to listen to, you know, to do a review and all that, this was the one album that kind of stuck out because there were a couple of tracks that are just phenomenal up there in the lines of of Progenies of the Great Apocalypse, so on and so forth. Uh, So anyways, we get into it, and we get into track one, which is called The Unveiling. And I think a lot of the tracks are fitting or the decisions they make are very fitting for the record. But nonetheless, I love the machinery intro that leads to a haunting in-your-face track. Now, the machinery intro reminded me a lot of Fear Factory. You know what I mean? But whatever. Uh, This track is all about how we are all asleep while those who deceive us continue to run the world, right? Kept thinking that the whole time. Maybe I could be wrong, but that's what I think. Uh, but Galder and, and Selenos really shred on this track. That features a, a piano drum-driven verse before it launches back into the Metal Mayhem, which is one of those kind of things that I absolutely love. I love how they can kind of go back and forth between you know piano and just drums, then all of a sudden the whole band being there. I give the song 5 out of 5. <clears throat> Now, the first track I ever heard off the record was track number two, and it was actually the very first single released off the record, and that is Interdimensional Summit, one of my favorite songs in this album. When I first heard it, I just knew this had to be an amazing record. Unfortunately, unfortunately for the band, this is a track that took a shit ton of backlash for them. A lot of people accused them of changing because of the elements of what they called folk metal. I don't know if I understand that completely 100%, right? Because this is just a badass metal song with with some symphony on it, right? So with the track, as I said before, I thought Demi was becoming more of a metal band with this. Uh, The track took some heat, as I said, but it's a solid symphonic metal track with some great vocal harmonies that gave it an operatic feel to it you know what i mean i believe the track is talking about a seer now for those of you that don't know what a seer is apparently he was an oracle in viking folklore so therefore i'm giving interdimensional summit a five out of five if i could give it six i would give it six uh etheric i believe or etheric is the third track on the record it's got that very uh, Tool Enema look to it, so the band kind of copied that. But nonetheless, the track opens with Darius' amazing drumming before it launches into an amazing metal track with a real black metal feel to it, especially the shredding on this. Absolutely insane. But the track is about all about how we have to accept who we are, and when we're able to do that, that is when we can rise above all the bullshit in the world. So take it from Dimu. They know what they're talking about. Uh, And I gave that track a 5 out of 5 yet again. Now, the second track, I think, was a track that was released as a second single because, A, it is badass. 
uh, and B, it felt like a sort of forgiveness for Interdimensional Summit, which it shouldn't have been. Uh, but anyways, Council of Wolves and Snakes is the fourth track on the album, and I just absolutely love the beginning of this track because the guitar is distorted and weird in a very eerie manner. I was trying to describe how it was, and I couldn't figure out the right words to go with it. Uh, but nonetheless, Galder shreds like an all-star on this track. Galder just really brings it. Um, but again, it's a fin- it's just a fantastic metal track. It's not a black metal song. This is just a metal song through and through, complete with the weird vocal effects thrown in for a horror feel. So this track is very horror f- felt. Like you could s- hear this in a horror movie. Um, the track features some guests on it, like Mikael Gupp providing the shaman vocals and Martin Lopes Lopez, I believe. Uh, providing the voodoo percussion, which adds to it. But one thing before I finish telling you the grade of this one track, I love the slow acoustic playing on the track, complete with the choir. It just it just does sound amazing. But I believe the track is is referring to men who seek power, um, and the, and they have the qualities of wolves and snakes. If you don't get what I'm saying with that, you know, just believe me. It gets a five out of five. All right, the sixth track, uh, fifth track on the record is the Inferian Phoenix, which has a very melodic intro with the typical face-melting shredding from Galder that fans all know and all expect. But one of the things I liked about it was around the 145 mark, if memory serves me correct, is when it really gets good to me with the horror movie feel even knocked up to 11. But I think it's another track dealing with the overcoming of the scum of the earth and rising above all. Great message. Five out of five. Uh, track number six is Lightbringer, which has a cre- creepy dynamic creatures kick off this track with those weird sounds before the band comes, hammering in this badass metal track. I feel like the track is the devil just trying to make a deal with you. You know what I mean? And I believe that's it. That's Lightbringer. Um, and I'm giving it a 5 out of 5 for a final grade. All right, guys. Coming in number 7 is the track I Am Sovereign. It kicks right off as soon as Lightbringer is done. It feels like it leads and it just transitions into this next track very, very well. Uh, and they waste no time with the punishing riff that almost has a military cadence to it at times. And I kept kind of seeing that in there. Um, but hopefully you guys get what I'm saying with that one. Um, and an interesting key section for without a doubt. Um, but if you're worried about keys, don't worry. The track gets fierce. The track seems to be the consciousness telling you to set him free and to feel real power without the influence of religion, which is very, very, very true. And something I kind of agree with. I think in order to be free, you need to think free. Um, That's all I'm going to say. So that gets a 5 out of 5. Now, one thing to understand as well when you're going into any of these is, you know, the the idea of, you know, freedom of mind is is a very powerful, powerful thing. And Demi Borgir has always, I think, preached that in a lot of their tracks. and, And that's pretty much, you know... I think what really what Satanism is in a way, 
um, is being free of everything, right? Restrictions. When I mean restrictions, you know, I'm a Catholic. I'm a Roman Catholic, was raised one, and obviously you're taught to fear doing anything, right? If you think about it, like, oh, don't do that. That's a sin. Don't do that. That's a sin. You know, so it's really this idea of holding you down. I'm not trying to get into a religious conversation with anybody right now, but when you look at a lot of their lyrics and a lot of lyrics of other bands too, like Ghost and and various other bands, that's pretty much the idea of it. You know, if you listen to Twin Temple, it's a, more of that idea of you know being free. You know, your mind is free. And all that good stuff. But anyway, so we move on to the next track, which is track number eight here on this beautiful record by Demi Borgir. And it's Archaic Correspondence, right? And the track runs along the same lines as Council and even some early Demi Borgir. And when I say that, I want to hark back to the Serpentine Offering and even Abrahadabra. Uh, I think the track really reminds me of those and and rightfully so i mean those were the last two records of bands you know produced so obviously there's going to be that kind of uh familiarity thrown in there but in this track you have to clear your mind of all the restrictions of religion to fully accept life in or in order to accept death that's what this this track really means that you know once you've accepted and cleared your mind and accepted who you are as a person, as a human being, whatever it may be, as some kind of being on this earth, then you can accept the fact that the end result is always ultimately death, right? That's that idea right there. Uh, But the track contains this at the two-minute mark, right, I believe. It's this breakdown, and it's interesting because it's a very metal move, and it's not one that I've ever seen or, or at least I remember Demu doing, but it was it was very cool. Um, you know, we're kind of like the song kind of comes to a halt. It's that bridge, right? So it's a very metal move in my opinion, and, and a very nice transition for Demu. And I think Demu is becoming more of a metal band every day. That's my thought process. At least any time I listen to Demu over the years, I feel like they're becoming more of a metal band. And and why not? You know what I mean? You want to grow as an artist. You want to be able to do things as an artist that maybe you weren't able to do because you were so restricted and confined to this this one area. Uh, I mean, and we've seen that with plenty of other bands. I mean, we've seen it with Metallica. We've seen it with Megadeth. We've seen it with plenty and plenty of bands out there. Um, and we've even seen it on Monster House Records Club when we covered Bring Me the Horizon. They that record that's the spirit was completely different from anything they had ever done, you know, in their careers. So think about that for a second, right? Uh, but yeah, again, I love this track, Archaic Correspondence. I think it's it's amazing. Um, as much as any of the other songs, it gets a five out of five. And if you're keeping track so far, if you were to grade the album overall it's getting a five out of five right now which is pretty incredible uh if you ask me so this is this is an album and only one other person has given this album a perfect score and that was from metalinjection.net so we'll see we still have two tracks left on this to the perfect five out of five mark this could be the first album on monster house records club 
to have made the five out of five mark. It's exciting, right? As we count down to these last two tracks right here on Mutt's House Records Club. All right, so as I said before, we got two tracks left. And right now at number nine is Alpha Aeon Omega. Uh, it's a track that tells you that everything you knew about the dark side is wrong. Very interesting because I like where it goes. Um, you know, this idea that the dark side is always wrong. You, you know, in the movies, the evil guy is always the wrong guy. The dark side is the wrong side. Our side is the right side. Well, this track is here to tell you that what you thought about that is wrong, my friends. And the opening of the track is very epic, right? It's like something you would expect out of a Star Wars film, right? Very, you know, symphonic with the orchestra and just very epic in general. So I loved the beginning of this and I love the opening of it. Um, you know, the keys and the orchestral beginning is what really makes this track. But before the band comes racing in like a hell, um, like a hell raising locomotive is the best way I could, I could use to describe that. Uh, the track is punishing after a while, but it's very fitting. It, it almost feels like it would be in a Star Wars movie. I loved it. Um, you can definitely tell the band went all out with this one. I give it a five out of five for a grade, right? And uh, we move on. So the last track on the record, there's not going to be any lyric meaning to it uh, because Rite of Passage, which is the final track on the album, is an instrumental track. And this is cool. I love bands that can do that, that can put out instrumental tracks uh, because it really opens you up to a musical journey like no other, right? Um, and it's a very cool instrumental track um, that ends the album and it ends this musical journey you know and it almost feels fitting in a way because it feels like the closing of a movie right when the end credits start to roll there's always that epic song at the end of you know certain films that's exactly the feeling that I got from this um, and I love it they've got rain showers and melodic guitars um but the band also comes in. They also kick some ass. It's really a symphonic metal ma masterpiece um, from these guys. And and I know they took a lot of criticism for this. Um, I remember one person wrote it, it's it's night it's Nightwish with with uh, with black metal. Oh no, it's Nightwish with uh, Nightwish with Emperor Palpatine on vocals. I couldn't believe it when I read that, but I was like, okay, whatever you want to call it. Um, that was Metal Storm. And Metal Sucks wrote, yes, Dimu are a symphonic band, but while Death Cult Armageddon used a symphony to paint soaring visions of the apocalypse and northern winds ripping your face off, uh, Anonian seems, to, seems content to use it as a go-to gimmick. I don't think so, man. I just think this is maturity at it, at its best. And as you can tell, every track out of five out of five, which means the overall final grade of this one is a five out of five. So welcome, Jimmy Borgir, to the Five Star Club. They are the very first members of the Monster House Records Club Five Star Record Club. Uh, and rightfully so. This is perfect progression, in my opinion, for a band like this. Now I know I get it. Everybody still wants elements of, of the early days. We always want the early days. 
But if a band continued to write music like their early days, then we would be just sitting here bitching about how they wrote the same record as before. It's only when a band changes and progresses that all of a sudden we're like, what the fuck? That's not what I wanted at all. Like, what the fuck are they doing? And, uh, and that's unfortunate because artists after a while should be able to grow and, and your musical interests start to change and you want to kind of experiment. But I think the band stayed true in a way to who they were with this record. So I commend them for this. Again, five stars out of five for a final grade for Demi Borgir. So I definitely think you should give Onion a chance. This is a great record. I want to thank you guys for tuning in to Mont's House Records Club. As always, I always appreciate every listener, every which one I get. Uh, I hope you are enjoying these at least. And hopefully I'm turning you guys on to some records here. Uh, but as always, again, facebook.com forward slash Eddie's Pedal to the Metal Radio Show. Twitter.com forward slash Eddie Monster 82. Instagram.com forward slash pedal to the metal radio show and pedal to the metal radio show dot That is the place to go for all the links, whether you listen to us on Apple, Anchor, Google, Spotify, Breaker, wherever it may be. If we have a link, it'll be there. Again, thank you guys. We will see you guys next time right here on Monster House Records Club. <laughs>